This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for Diamond Celebrations, food for all occasions, and Armstrong Green, the destination of a lifelong holiday. Hi, it's Kate Stevenson, and this, of course, is the podcast version of Relish, a show that airs each Saturday morning on Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This week... Well, they're back. After a hiatus last year, Gourmet Traveller magazine has resurrected their National Restaurant Awards. And no surprise, Victoria is punching above its weight with 10 finalists in the five categories. I'll chat to editor Joanna Hunkin about how you rate restaurants during a pandemic. Also, dare to dream, I say. Each week, I utter the phrase celebrating the best in food, wine and travel. But it's been tough to talk about the latter. With a roadmap of sorts, it feels like maybe, somehow, we might be in a position to consider our next travel destination. So I'll speak to freelance travel writer Lindy Alexander about what's on her hit list. And of course, we'll talk this week in food. So some food news, dining and drinking tips from me. All that is coming up thanks to Diamond Celebrations, Food for All Occasions and Armstrong Green, the destination of a lifelong holiday. On Easy Music, 3MP. At Easy Music, 3MP. The more I see you. You can relax with all your favourites. The more I want you. and favourites. Like 1377am and Stereo DAB. Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. Easy Music 3MP, you're listening to Relish. Well, after a hiatus last year, Gourmet Traveller magazine is again holding its restaurant awards in 2021. But I can only imagine it's still a tough task when at least part of the country has been in lockdown yet again this year. Despite that, Victoria is very well represented with 10 finalists in the five award categories. Here to tell us how you go about finding those finalists in such strange times is Joanna Hunkin, she's editor of gourmet traveller. Joanna, good morning. Good morning. Now, it must be good to have them back, but were there challenges this year getting sort of reviews and, and I guess, voting done? Uh, have Has anyone not had a challenging 2021? Good point. Yes, um, certainly there were a number of challenges. The thing is with magazines, we work so far in advance that we started planning this back in January. We That was when we started the review period. Right. And even without the lockdowns, the review period was always going to end in July because that's actually how long it takes us to then process everything, get it ready and, and hit those print um, publishing deadlines in advance. So the October issue, which is out now revealing the finalists, we actually begin working on that putting it into production in sort of August, September. It, go, it goes to print in mid-September. Um, so weirdly, actually, we had done all the reviewing and we managed to do it when there was still relative freedom. Yeah. It seems a distant memory to me now, having been in lockdown for so long. But this year, I'm based in Sydney, but this year I've been to Melbourne multiple times. I've been to Brisbane. I've been to Adelaide. I've been to Canberra. So... You know, there was a time when we were getting out and about. And we do have state editors uh, in in each state who are fantastic, um, you know, leaders in the industry and and really across everything within their local regions um, and cities. And Michael Harden is our Victoria state editor who 
it has been doing it for very many years and is very well regarded. And he did an amazing job of of staying on top of all those Victoria restaurants. Yeah, I was going to say, so how does it work? Because national awards, which is great, because we do hope to travel interstate at some stage and we want to know where to go. So how does the judging work when you've got sort of those state judges? And I assume when it gets down to the pointy end, are there people that go and sort of compare the ones that have, have come out towards the top? Absolutely. And in a normal year, that would happen in the final couple of months. Myself, my deputy editor, Carly, we would travel interstate and go and sort of um, do a second and third opinion of those, um, you know, top restaurant of the year finalists. Um, That wasn't able to happen this year. But because, as I say, we are out and about all the time um, and traveling interstate and and eating at these restaurants, there was enough crossover and there's enough trust within the team. We've been doing this for long enough that we we were able to say, right, well, we've both been here and I think that's better than this. So, okay, I trust that. And, you know, there there are a lot of um, conversations going on and sort of reference points. So even if we didn't all manage to get to to each and every restaurant, uh, there was certainly enough crossover that we feel really confident that this is a comprehensive list. But of course, I, you know, it has to be said, mm. restaurant reviewing is 100% subjective. Yes. It is, we're not, you know, we cannot possibly claim to be objective. The only thing um, that I feel that I feel very strongly about is that we are saying these are the restaurants that we think gourmet traveler readers and that audience will appreciate that they will go and have a fantastic time. It is worth their time. It is worth their money. Uh, and that these these places will deliver an incredible experience. So it's not about being all things for everyone. You can't possibly have a definitive best restaurant that every single person in the country will enjoy. But it is about saying for our readership, these are the restaurants that we really believe people will will get a kick out of and and really find something extraordinary there. I'm chatting to Joanna Hunkin, who is editor of Gourmet Traveller magazine, about the 2022 Gourmet Traveller Restaurant Awards. And let's be honest, Joanna, we're pretty parochial. Can you take us through some of the Victorian finalists? I know we've got a couple in Best New Restaurant. You do. So one of, well, both both very exciting new restaurants. One is Aru um, from Khan Nguyen, who uh, he is best known for his restaurant Sunda, and then Aru is now its sister restaurant. And he is an extraordinary chef. He takes Vietnamese flavours but combines them with French techniques. And if you have to follow him on Instagram, yes. he does the most elaborate and intricate sort of Ban Mi Pate on Crew and really phenomenal, technically, you know, mind blowing stuff. Uh, the other Melbourne finalist for Best New Restaurant is Gimlet at Cavendish House, which is Andrew McConnell's new venue. And I mean, he is a, a seasoned pro and has featured in these awards for many years with many different restaurants. But Gimlet is just such a glamorous gorgeous old dame of a restaurant even though it's brand new it's an instant classic um and I was very lucky at the start of the year to manage to slip in between lockdowns and head there myself and it really is it transports you almost to a different world it is like going to New York or even perhaps Paris and you know if you haven't been yet I highly recommend a trip 
uh, into the city and uh, and checking out Gimlet. And I would say it's like a, it transports you to another place in another era. We kind of expected people yes. to burst in with machine guns, you know, gangsters <laughs> to kind of take the joint over. Um, talking about, you've got an interesting category, per, hospitality personality of the year. What makes yeah. someone stand out when it comes to that? Right. So this is interesting because it is a new category. In the past, we used to recognize maitre d's or sommeliers, but this is really an, an acknowledgement that the industry has gone through such a challenging period that a lot of people are doing multiple jobs. You know, not every restaurant can afford to have a separate sommelier, a separate maitre d', an owner, you know, wait staff. There are lots of owners who have gone back on the floor and are working the floor. Um, so this is an award that celebrates front of house. But the Restaurant Personality Award is really about those people who just make the night memorable. Yeah. They, From the moment they welcome you in, they create the vibe and set the tone for the night. Um, and they're what make you come back to a restaurant. And you know, uh, you, you know who they are when, when you're there, don't you? You know the ones you, that you go, that's exactly right, I will come back because you've made my night special. And they feel like a friend. They welcome you in, make you feel special, and, and you go away sort of feeling a bit lighter, a bit brighter, because almost like you've, you've made a new pal and you feel like you could drop in and see them again. Uh, and in, in, in Victoria, I have to say, so Hannah Green from Etta is a restaurant is a nominee for Restaurant Personality of the Year, as is Carlo Grossi from the famous uh, Grossi family at yeah. Grossi Florentino, and Jason Louis from uh, oh sorry Jason Louis rather from um, Flower Drum. Yeah, who is who really is that restaurant? I think you know people will pick up a copy of the magazine. They will see that there are plenty of Victorian restaurants there, particularly as well. I noticed Destination dining and they are different entries that people might not expect. How how important do you think it is for the industry that these awards go ahead this year? Is it a boost for them? It is. And so obviously we had to think twice about it. We, we hesitated uh, and wondered whether it was the right thing to do, whether it would be helpful and supportive. But the more we spoke to people, um, friends in the industry and, and our colleagues, everyone just said it means so much and it does give them a boost. And also the awards have always been about looking forward they're always about the year ahead and setting a kind of agenda for where people should be looking to go as you say when as when they go traveling people want to experience the best restaurants in a new city when they go there yeah. um, but also to give people some new places to explore in their own um, regions and neighborhoods so yeah. it, it is a future um, focused guide and luckily, it, you know, we are now entering what we hope is the final push and, and we, there is light at the end of the tunnel. We can see the next steps to opening. And come 2022, these restaurants will be open and flourishing. Beautiful. Joanna, thank you. Editor of Gourmet Traveller magazine, Joanna Hunkin, thank you for your time today. We'll encourage people to grab a copy of Gourmet Traveller for more on those finalists and also the list of Australia's top 80 restaurants. Thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel thanks to Diamond Celebrations, Food for All Occasions and Armstrong Green, the destination of a lifelong holiday. On Easy Music, 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for Diamond Celebrations, Food for All Occasions and Armstrong Green, the destination of a lifelong holiday. Easy Music 3MP, you're listening to Relish. Lindy Alexander is an award-winning freelance food 
travel and lifestyle writer who I first met in the tropical paradise that is the island of Boracay in the Philippines. So when I figured it might just be time that we get to start dreaming, thinking, or dare I say even planning to travel again, I knew she might have some ideas. She joins me now. Lindy, good morning. Good morning, Kate. Now, am I jumping the gun a bit or do you think even domestically we might be able to dare to dream a bit now? I am living in hope that by Christmas we'll be able to take to the skies and go further than our own backyard, yeah. All right, beautiful. So let's start with Australia then. You are extremely well-travelled because of your job. What is on your radar? Where's the first place you'd like to travel once you can? I think after enduring two long Victorian winters in lockdown without any reprieve or any sunshine, I think for us it's going to be the Gold Coast. Yep. And I have really kind of rediscovered the Gold Coast in the last few years because I had this vision of it as theme parks, but I went up a few years ago and thought there is this incredible food scene, there's independent breweries, there's the hinterland, and I can't get enough. So that is my next destination, I think as a family, but also for me, because I have had three attempts to get up to the Eden retreat in the hinterland, and they've all been scuppered by COVID. And actually, the last attempt was scuppered by the torrential rain. So I'm hoping fourth time lucky. (laughs) Fingers crossed. I am I'm crossing my fingers literally right now for you, Lindy. Looking internationally, what's on the bucket list for you? And is it a practical consideration or do you throw caution to the wind and go, I'm going to assume I can go to this exotic destination? Yeah, caution to the wind. For me, it's Canada because I think it has everything. And I went just before the pandemic hit and I had an incredible trip on the Rocky Mountaineer and pulling into Banff among the mountains and the snow started falling. I just want to take my family back there and have a white Christmas and experience Canada's full, deep winter. And I just think there's something magical about those chateaus and the incredible mountains and frozen lakes and waterfalls that is so appealing to me. But first I want to have my Queensland trip so that I can steady myself for that cold. (laughs) I was going to say I love that you've gone Gold Coast and midwinter Canada. (laughs) Hey, how does, say the last, you know, year and a bit, how does a travel ride to keep themselves busy during lockdown? Yeah, look, initially it was a bit of a shock to the system and then I got into the groove where I was doing all sorts of other writing and also I launched two online courses for aspiring freelance writers and established freelance writers. So I have kept myself pretty busy. Amazing. Hey, Lindy, thank you. We all need a bit of inspiration. And even though I can hardly let myself think about it, (laughs) I think we've got it there. We will encourage people to head to lindyalexander.net. And will those information on those online courses be there at some stage? Yeah, absolutely. Or even they can go to thefreelancersyear.com. All right, beautiful. Lindy Alexander, award-winning freelance food, travel and lifestyle writer. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Kate. Don't go anywhere. This Week in Food is next. You're listening to Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel thanks to Diamond Celebrations, Food for All Occasions and Armstrong Green, the destination of a lifelong holiday. On Easy Music, 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson for Diamond Celebrations, Food for All Occasions and Armstrong Green, the destination of a lifelong holiday. Easy Music 3MP, this is Relish. It's that time to share some food news, drinking and dining tips this week in food. Exciting news from down the coast. Ballerine Distillery will release their second ever single malt whiskey called Sister Sunday 
tomorrow. Their first release, Bad Boy Billy, sold out in record timing. This version has been filled into casks from that same distillation as Bad Boy Billy, so it's a sister cask, and it's only fitting that the resulting whiskey is named after his sister, Sunday. With Sister Sunday, they're promising a little bit more vanilla, a touch more sweetness. You can buy it online from tomorrow, Sunday, at ballerinedistillery.com.au. If Vietnamese is your thang, then Jerry Mai and Beer Hoi have your spring dining covered with brilliant picnic packs and barbecue boxes that are full of flavourful dishes. The $55 picnic boxes will feed two or three, probably two if it's me eating, and include dishes like spring rolls, sugarcane prawns, mini banh mi and fried chicken with fish sauce caramel. The barbecue boxes boast chicken wingettes in five spice salt, octopus in satay, Alaskan king crab with black pepper butter, Hanoi fish and more. And they come with a disposable, environmentally friendly barbecue. They're delivering all over Melbourne. So head to beahoybar.com.au and then click on at home. Here's one to look forward to, a new dining room. Tokyo Private will seat just 28 guests and is designed in the style of a luxe 1970s Japanese train carriage. Neighbouring its sister restaurant, Tokyo Tina, this newly purposed space promises seriously stylish private dining and some complimentary karaoke smack bang in the middle of Chapel Street. The menu will change seasonally and is designed to share. Tokyo Tina Private is now taking bookings for November and December. And it's not all that hard to sell, really, but Breast Cancer Trials is asking us to stay in this October and enjoy a three-course Indian feast to raise money for life-saving breast cancer clinical trials research. So former MasterChef host Sarah Todd will host a live-streamed cooking class and then you can cook the food yourself anytime through to 30th of November. So you never know, we might be able to have guests by then. The idea is you reach out to your friends and family to encourage them to donate to breast cancer trials research. You can find out more about it at threecoursechallenge.com.au. That's the number three, threecoursechallenge.com.au. And that's it from me this week. Don't forget you can email anytime, relish at 3mp.com.au. If you've got your own feedback, some tips or food news, this has been Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel thanks to Diamond Celebrations, Food for All Occasions and Armstrong Green, the destination of a lifelong holiday. I'll see you again next Saturday at 8am. But keep listening. It's an Elvis and Neil Diamond weekend and Julie's in after nine with three in a row from Neil Diamond on Easy Music 3MP.